Hey, Chelsea Amber here from Christian Guitar Girls, an encouraging community for women who play guitar or bass and who love Jesus. And I do have some exciting news. I want to equip women to reach their guitar goals. So I have a free ebook called The Christian Guitar Girls Practice Plan, designed to help you set effective goals, but also create a plan to actually reach those goals. And this applies to all skill levels. So if you're ready to make your practice time more efficient, and to see progress in your guitar playing, then you can go to christianguitargirls.com slash practice plan. Now, we are going to dive right into our interview. We have Reverend Dr. Lisa Waits. And if you are listening to this on a podcast platform, Waits is spelled W-A-I-T-E-S. She is a Christian recording artist, guitar player, singer, songwriter of contemporary hymns, an ordained minister, and the founder of the Servant Song Ministry I'm sorry, Servant Song Music and Ministry. And this is actually a two-part interview. So if you missed the first part, then make sure to check out the last episode and you'll get to hear more of Lisa's story. And we had so much that we didn't get to talk about that we thought, you know what, let's just do a part two. So we're back. And I am so excited to continue this conversation because you've actually been quite busy since we last chatted. So we'll get into it, but beforehand, what are you drinking? Right now, today, I have lovely herbal peach tea with a little bit of honey because it's finally decided Ooh. to be spring outside, so I switched from coffee to tea this afternoon. Nice. Yes. Well, congratulations on the improved weather, and yeah. I I actually really like peach-flavored things. I used to drink a lot of peach juice as a child, so... Well, there you go. <laughs> it smells lovely, and it reminds me that there's warmer weather coming. We had a, a big blizzard like a week ago, so... Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to oh, Alberta. Man. Yeah, for those of you uh, who don't know when we're recording this, it's mid-May, so yes. a blizzard in May is is a little yes. bit disheartening. <laughs> a little discouraging. My two yeah. kids survived. They were just sort of like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's better today, so we're feeling happy about that. Good. Well, um, I brought some Bengal spice tea to our conversation. Lovely. I love it. It's very cinnamony, clovey, you know, so... Anyone oh, I know it that? well. I drink it all winter. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. One of my favorites. Yeah. It's so good. Good choice, Chelsea. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's dive into the actual interview. And one thing that I didn't get to ask you last time that I really wanted to know is when and how did you become a Christian? In some ways, that's a tricky question for me because I can't remember ever not being a Christian. I was raised in mm. the church. And so I, I've had my foot in the United Church in the liturgical world since really early childhood. I was baptized, I think I was three, uh, so was always in worship and in Sunday school and didn't don't remember a time where I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, where I wasn't mm. talking to God every night, where I where I wasn't imagining what I would do as a grown up, as a Christian, as a follower mm. of Christ. But if I had to put sort of a a date on it, I'd say. Um, that I started to understand a little differently what it meant to be a Christian to me personally mm. when I started going to a Pentecostal youth group, which was sort of like uh, we talked about last time. I've had a sort of a foot in both worlds, the liturgical world and the evangelical world. Mm -hmm. And there was this little um, youth group from this Pentecostal church, Bethel Pentecostal in, in Sunridge, Ontario, this, this little church on the side of Highway 11. And they had a youth group and the United Church didn't. And so I started attending this youth group and mm -hmm. the youth leader there 
just talked about, you know, that, that there were lots of different ways to understand God, but that one of the most important factors was that you had a, a connection with God personally, mm. a personal relationship. And so through the worship music of the evangelical church and uh, some of those those relationships and, and connections, I would say that started to be a more um, a faith that I claimed as my own. Uh, in mm. a different way. Yeah, I think that's a really key piece of, of our, our journey with Christ, because I think a lot of us when we grow up in church, it's easy for us to just kind of coast along. So to have that moment where you're like, no, this is actually my faith not right. my parents' faith. Um, yes. I think that's really important, a really key moment. And I love how you um, how you have your your foot in in both worlds, as you mentioned, as the yes. the liturgical community and the evangelical community. And I really think that the two sides, I guess, if you call them sides, I'm not, I don't know if that's a good uh, good word for it, but the the two camps, I don't know. But I really feel like both. Um, both sides, I'll go to both sides, <laughs> have a lot to learn from each other. And the fact Absolutely. that you grew up in a liturgical tradition and then and then really came into your faith um, at a Pentecostal youth group. And then, you know, and then there are other people who maybe grow up uh, in the evangelical world, but then find a, some really, find a real richness in the theology, uh, the yeah. depth in theology in the liturgical world. Like, I really think yeah. that there's 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 room for both so i love I that really that's a yeah. perfect way to put it it's both and it's not mm-hmm. either or right yeah. and and so over the the years of servant song music and ministry traveling and and preaching and singing in churches of all different denominations you know i've mm-hmm. i've led either worship or preached in in well over 60 different denominations now mm, wow and that spanned you know, Roman Catholic and Protestant, evangelical and mainline, just about every denomination there is. And it's been a gift. It's, mm. it's been such a gift to see, you know, the whole body of Christ and mm. not just in North American expressions, but in, in global expressions of church too, because we all yeah. have sort of our favorite way of doing things, whether it's our favorite theology or our favorite way of worshiping, or, you know, whether we emphasize the Christian year, the liturgical calendar or not, or mm-hmm. whether we, you know, have contemporary worship or not, we kind of get hung up on our own little things. And each denomination mm-hmm. has something that they're sort of known for mm-hmm. and focus on. But yeah. it, it's like this beautiful theological and worship buffet. If you can kind of mm-hmm. get a little taste of all the different churches, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a picture of what heaven will be like, you know, yeah. that, that we have the fullness of Christ, that we we see all these different human ways of worshiping God. Yeah. Um, and we bring that richness and that theological depth and breadth uh, when we're all together as the body. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm ruined for worship now. I can't I can't be mm-hmm. in one little church anymore without thinking about all of those other global expressions of worship. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you you can't go back to the teeny little church without thinking about all those wider connections. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, you know. Oh well, only the Presbyterians are right, or only the Baptists are right, or only mm-hmm. whoever is right, you know. And everyone else has got it mixed up or wrong. I just, I just laugh now because mm-hmm. we are all right together, right? Or we're all mm-hmm. wrong together. It's yeah. in Christ that's gonna, that's going to endure anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure when I get to heaven, I'll find out a whole list of things that I I thought I understood. <laughs> that I was like, oh, yes. but you know, finite mind trying to understand and worship a, an infinite God. I I am thankful for His grace, you know, in understanding our our weakness and in, under, in, uh, in fully understanding Him. And um, 
uh, your what you said about you know all these different churches and around the world. You know, um, it reminds me of Revelation that every tribe and tongue, yeah, will worship the name of Jesus and lift him up. Yeah. And I think that's going to be such a breathtaking sight. Absolutely, to see all all those expressions of worship directed at Jesus, lifting him up. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. just awesome. And you know, speaking of all your your experiences from all these different churches, and you have had had a lot of international travel within your ministry as well. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that. You've you've ministered across Canada, and then you've also gone outside of Canada to the U.S., to Europe, to South mm-hmm. Korea, even, which is yeah. so cool. So, what was it like to head out on the road internationally? Um. It was really exciting. And and when I started traveling internationally, it was really a different time. I mean, it was a different millennium. It was the late 90s. And, you know, recording artists could still make a comfortable living touring and selling CDs, right? Because CDs mm-hmm. were the latest thing and people would buy the whole thing and they'd pay 20 bucks and they'd be yeah. happy to do it. You know, they'd go to your tour, they'd come to your concert, they'd buy t-shirts and, and albums and... Um, you know, record labels were still promoting. So I had a lot of support mm-hmm. from the label and I brought my husband with me. We were newly married, we were married in 95. So he came along as the sound guy. I mean, he would say he is not a musician by any stretch. The only thing he mm-hmm. plays is the radio, but he, he mm-hmm. does have a really good ear for sound. So, um, That's great. you know, he would bring the equipment and sort of liaise and coordinate with the local tech people wherever we were going. And it was it was just such a great experience to share with him. Um, yeah. Particularly, you know, when it's a when it's a really distant country, somewhere like South Korea, where it's a totally different culture. Yeah. Um, for me, that was the first time I'd toured where I was in the minority, sort of for for language, for for race. It was a little bit odd at that time for me to be a woman to be preaching and and mm. headlining, and all of my tours, I, I've always done it the same way, Chelsea, where I pick up the local musicians at the local churches mm. and train them. So like if I'll come in to do a, a worship weekend, I'll spend the Thursday night working with the local musicians. The Friday night we'll have a, a, a concert um, mm. and they will play, right? So we'll cool. work together yeah. and then they will play and I will I will sing and, and uh, play piano and, and sometimes speak as well. Saturday mm. morning, I do something with some of the small group leaders um or pastoral staff and then sunday I generally take over the service so that the pastors can have a break mm. and so then again we would use the local musicians lead worship and then i would preach um which was just so fun but in that culture it was a real switch because yeah. they weren't used to that at all mm-hmm. um, we were mostly in uh some everybody had some english where i was playing so it was like uh, the Seoul Foreign Church and some of the international schools. And there was a thing with the embassy and I did a, a gig for the U.S. Army base. Um, wow. You know, there were there were some English speakers, but, you know, I remember driving through. We, we were well, we never drove. We were in a taxi and someone mm-hmm. was driving us. And mm-hmm. Korea is a little scary for traffic. Like there might be 12 lanes Mm-hmm. And 18 cars in those 12 lanes. Oh, like, my the goodness. Rule is, if you can fit, you can go. And mm. so I just remember thinking, oh, my God, like, I'm going to die. Like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> and there are people just zipping around everywhere. And we're, we're driving across the city super fast. And I'm trying not to look. And I'm praying a lot. And Jeff suddenly says to the taxi driver, stop, stop right now. And I'm like, what is going on? He's like, I see a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious 
He's a farm boy from Southern Ontario, not used to seafood. And of course, we were eating a lot of seafood when we were in Seoul. And he's like, I just have to have a burger from home. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All these years later, it's like there were Ooh. these highlights of the trip. And for him, finding a Burger King. Oh, my. <laughs> that's awesome. Was one of the highlights. For oh, me, so I great. think it was being interviewed by the Far East Broadcasting Company and mm. knowing... Um, you know, there's this painful history between North Korea and South Korea, and there are mm. Christians in North Korea, but of course they're persecuted and they have to be really quiet about their faith. The mm. Far East Broadcast Company broadcast. Uh, we did a, a feature interview in some of my music and, and the interview was translated so that native speakers could understand. And they broadcasted it into what was then the USSR and into China mm. and into North Korea and all, all across South Korea. And um wow. You know, it was just such a blessing and an encouragement for me that, you know, um, God had a call. Like the the amount of things that sort of fell into my lap on that trip, mm. just, you know, no record label could put that together. Certainly mm -hmm. I didn't have the skills to put it together or or the marketing ability or look, mm -hmm. ask anybody. I am terrible about promotion. Like I'm, it's just mm -hmm. not my thing. I think it's most musicians the, can feel that. <laughs> yeah. I'll make music, but promotion, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yet God just just put together all of these opportunities. Um, and, and that was a real encouragement and a faith builder to me to know mm. that I just had to take the next step, you know, mm -hmm. wasn't responsible yeah. for the whole big picture. Yeah. I was responsible for being obedient to what God called me to do. And then when an opportunity arose and I had prayed over it and felt like it was the right thing that I just had to walk through the door. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Servant Song Ministry um, and Music and Ministry has been in existence since 1998. And I've I've kept that same approach all the way through these years. And mm -hmm. amazing things have happened that, that, you know, I can only attribute to the Holy Spirit being at work. That's great. So how did you end up getting to South Korea in the first place? And how did how did that kind of come together? actually a, a really neat story. My my sister is also a Christian, my older sister, mm -hmm. and uh, her husband's an engineer and he, he was posted to South Korea for this little chunk of time. And so mm -hmm. she was there and of course an English speaker and trying to find English churches and English schools and English sort of the expat community was, was fairly small there. And so mm -hmm. she mentioned to, I think, her pastor that, that I was a singer and that I'd just put out an album and he's like, oh, she should come. Like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, she should come. And so mm. uh, that church, the Seoul Foreign Church, sort of anchored the tour and then was willing to put together the, um, the gigs sort of mm. from there outward. So uh, cool. And worked with the record label to do that. So, wow. yeah, it was it was really a wonderful, a wonderful way to, to visit and see my sister and then do all this ministry at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat because there's... It wouldn't even, I guess, cross my mind to pursue a tour in South Korea. Not that I have anything against South Korea. It's just so far away. Yeah. Uh, so to so to have that opportunity is incredible. So yes. Amazing. Yeah. I think um, all, the, all the tours have come about that way where there's hmm. been like one little connection or one church that is like sometimes the, the last tour I did to the UK, I, I went from Northern Ireland to Scotland and then several gigs across England. And, and I didn't know any of the people when I started, it was just somebody found a song on Reverb Nation, started chatting with me about worship, 
Turns mm. out that guy was a, a pastor in Scotland, you know, and then, oh, there's a guy in Northern Ireland that has a couple of churches. Would I like to come and sing in Belfast? Like, mm, it's, wow. been, it's just been very organic. So, um, yeah. Very cool. You I, can I see couldn't God's tell you how to put it together. It's just yeah. like those, <laughs> those little seeds bubble up and then uh, nurturing those connections. That's awesome. It's neat to see how God really directed your path, you know, yes. as you took that next step. And he was like, yeah. okay, you were faithful with that step. Let me lead yeah. you forward. Yeah. Very cool. And speaking of international ministry, you released a new contemporary hymn since the last time we spoke. You've been very busy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're using that as a fundraiser for Ukrainian relief efforts. Can you tell us a bit more about that project? Yeah, so it's a very simple hymn. It's a, a prayer song. I actually wrote it as um, as a response to the invasion of Ukraine. So it was mm. a, it's a prayer for peace. And um, there have only, I mean, I write just about every day something because it's part of my spiritual practices. So I, I will often mm. have the Bible open at the piano and I'll just noodle around and, and sing and it's my prayer time with God. Mm. Um in all that all that time, 35 plus years of writing now, there's maybe a handful of times where I have felt not like a composer, but like a conduit of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And this was one of those times. It gives me goosebumps just, just even thinking about it again. Like hmm. it just came pouring out of me in literally 10 minutes with the music, the words, all of it. As fast as I could write it down on the paper, it was it was there. Wow. Um, and then I worked with Mark Troyer at Evergreen Music here in in Calgary. Um, you know, and and he and again, it was like he didn't he didn't really want to work that way. I just wanted to book a couple of hours in the studio. He's like, that's not really what I do. And then he he wrote back and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And, mm. and you know, it's literally like two hours laid down the lead track, the harmony track, some strings, um, the lead piano, a little bit of percussion, did the mixing. Like it, it was a really simple project and then put some video images together from mm. royalty free sites of Ukraine. Mm. So it, it, it shows sort of the narration of the, of the war and, and us praying for peace. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I put it up on um, YouTube, I think the end of April and it's, it's had over 7,000, um, views and I've heard from people in over 40 oh. countries Whoa. who are using it. Hmm. So I know for a fact it's been used in every Canadian province. I don't know about the territories, but I know it's been in every Canadian province and a, and a bunch of U.S. states now hmm. um, who are using it as as a prayer song in their services. So of wow. all different denominations, hmm. and and for for over 40 countries, hmm. um, you know, and that's like on a budget of. 250 bucks like so cool it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> that's amazing i mean that should be an encouragement for anyone who is an artist and uh feeling like they don't have thousands of dollars to move forward that you know yeah. you can you can make it happen and I think that's one of the powerful blessings of the internet. The the, mm. the gatekeepers that we used to have to negotiate with, the record mm. labels, the um, the folks that you know, the the uh, radio station producers, you know, about whether the music would get out there or not. Mm -hmm. That's that's just not so much of an issue anymore because everybody can watch YouTube. Everybody yep. can put their stuff up on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon mm -hmm. Music Unlimited. And, yep. you know, this track is up there and it's it's getting good airplay from folks. Actually, it was just used at a national conference that the United Church does called Crucifusion. And they used it during one of their services for their conference. Mm. Um, oh, cool. And 
they announced at the beginning of of using it in their service that it had hit the top top 30 it debuted at top 30 out of the top 100 ccm chart on spotify but i had no idea about it It was just like no way wow there it is so then i took a screenshot of it i was like yeah there it is lisa waits this is our prayer you know it's just such a god thing wow and i i don't say that to to brag about it it's just i'm so amazed at what god does you Mm. know and and out of all of it in the last couple of weeks um, the most precious note that I that I've gotten was from a family that had left Ukraine. They were in Poland trying to get out of Poland, and they they wrote just this heart heart wrenching, heartwarming uh, note about that that it was for them the best hymn ever. Like just wow. that, that a prayer for peace meant so much to them that somebody from Canada would be, um, you know, interceding in prayer on their behalf. And I know mm. there are hundreds of thousands of Christians um, just in Canada that are praying for Ukraine. I mean, people are praying all over the world. I'm certainly not the only person praying or praying musically, but mm. it's um, it's a real encouragement to see the ministry going out and people accessing it. People I've mm. never met, people I don't know um, and have no connection to except that we're, you know, we're all children of God and we all are all longing for peace. Mm. That's so cool. And it reminds me of our last conversation, how we talked about little as much when God is in it and how, you know, you have this, I think you said $250 budget and you, you, you know, you were faithful with that and putting out this song and then God multiplied is multiplying that, multiplying the impact of the song. So that is so cool. And just such an encouragement. And that seems to be a, a theme throughout these couple, (laughs) these couple episodes, these uh, couple Mm -hmm. Uh, interviews. Hey, future Chelsea here. Just wanted to interject to let you know that all the proceeds from Lisa's song called This Is Our Prayer for Ukrainian Relief, that means uh, proceeds from digital downloads, ad revenue, and score sales will be donated to two registered charities. The first one is Canadian Red Cross for direct Ukrainian relief programs, and the second is the United Church of Canada Mission and Service Fund designated for Ukraine. Okay, back to the interview. I would love to end off with an encouraging word or a piece of advice that you can offer anyone who is just getting started, whether on the guitar or or in ministry. Yeah, so I thought about this a lot. And and some of the thing, the errors that I made in the first few years of pursuing music, I think a lot of young musicians make. So mm-hmm. there, there are two things I would say. First is, you know, don't be after it for fame and fortune. That's a recipe for disaster and heartbreak, right? So mm-hmm. make sure your heart is right. If you are a yep. Christian musician, a Christian guitarist, you're playing for God. And mm-hmm. it is an enormous privilege and an honor to be able to lead other people into God's presence through worship, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a sacred responsibility and something to take seriously. But mm-hmm. taking it seriously doesn't mean you have to be perfectionistic about it all you know wound up in knots which i definitely was the first while (laughs) just be like oh i gotta Mm -hmm. get better i gotta do better i gotta do this and this and this and this um if i if i was starting over again i wish somebody would have said to me you're not responsible for amy grant's call you're only responsible for your own yes you need to be lisa waits in worship Mm -hmm. like be transparent as a worshiper Mm -hmm. and so you're you know your listeners that are just beginning um, figure out who it is 
what what's your voice whether you're a songwriter or you're playing other people's music what style do you most love to play and mm. then and then concentrate on that you know yes mm -hmm. you need to put in your 10,000 hours to be proficient at your instrument but that's not going to happen overnight mm -hmm. right like yeah. i'm all for the healthy habits of musicianship so playing mm -hmm. regularly you know don't show up unprepared oh it's okay holy spirit's <laughs> going to rescue me you know no do your homework please you know yeah. make sure that your set list is prepped and that you you are being gracious to others by being prepared, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing something holy. It matters. It's important. And we need to give our best effort. Mm -hmm. but we also need to remember that God is in it and that God loves to hear our praise and that God delights in us mm -hmm. and, and wants, you know, to bless us and bless our efforts. Yeah. So it's sort of like um, that old adage, you know, work as if it all depends on you and pray as if it all depends on God. It's this mm -hmm. blend of loving the thing you're doing, wanting to offer it up to God in worship and remembering that what you do is is sacred and important. And mm -hmm. and a scripture that I that I love and that I come back to often uh, is is from Mary's Magnificat in, in Luke one. Mm -hmm. So Luke 1, 51 um, through to, to 53 uh, God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has mm. filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. So just that idea of that, that you know, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. That mm -hmm. uh, often beginning musicians feel like, oh, I'm only leading worship in a small group or i'm mm. only leading worship in my tiny little church or only when the worship pastor's away and they need somebody on a sunday night or a wednesday night and it doesn't really count let me tell you it counts it matters mm. mm -hmm. and god does not despise small beginnings yes and you know show that you are faithful in small things i don't even think it needs to lead to greater things just be faithful in the small thing god gives musicians to every Christian community. I have mm. never gone to a church anywhere in the world where there wasn't a musician, mm. a local musician, right? God puts gifts in every local assembly. Mm. So if you've been asked to lead in a local church, it's because you're meant to be there and God knows that you need to be there. So mm -hmm. um, I would just encourage you to, to do your best, right? To, to sing and play for God's glory and for the encouragement and health of the local church. Yes. Amen. I give that a resounding amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for sharing more in this in this second part of the interview. There is just honestly, there are more questions I could ask, but we are out of time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I appreciate that so much. And to everyone who's listening, if you enjoyed this chat, then there are many more to come. So make sure to hit the the follow or subscribe button on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to get a copy of the Christian Guitar Girls Practice Plan ebook at christianguitargirls.com slash practice plan. I'll leave a link for that in the episode description, as well as links to connect with Lisa and to hear her new single called This Is Our Prayer in Support of Ukraine. So make sure you go and listen to that and connect with Lisa online. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will catch you in the next episode. Happy strumming.